This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. (laughs) You can heal from anything. You can give and receive the love you are so desperately seeking. It is possible for you to authentically belong to yourself, to your chosen tribe, and to the sacred, and be your wild and juicy self all at the same time. Valeria Tellis interviews Carrie Cust, an intimacy coach and speaker. Carrie Cust is an intimacy coach working with women to refine their juicy and sensual selves and couples to come back to being passionate lovers again, all through the avenue of clarity, communication, and commitment to creating more pleasure. After experiencing the end of her marriage and the death of her brother back-to-back, she set out on her own eat-pray-love journey and found herself living in a tantric community where she experienced deep transformation. She learned to radically love her body, come back into her femininity and softness, awaken her sensuality and sexuality, and finally live a life that gave her deep pleasure. Carrie has in-depth training in Tantra as a lifestyle, Tantric sexuality, yoga, emotional intelligence, and deep emotional release, and she uses those skills in her coaching and workshops to help clients create new levels of personal pleasure. Carrie knows that intimacy and pleasure are skills, and like any skill, they can be developed and increased. Her stand is that no one needs to settle for less than a juicy, joyful life. She works with individuals and couples to break free of a mundane autopilot life so you can experience being fully alive and passionate. Meet Carrie at CarrieCust.com. Here is the interview with Carrie Cust. In your own words, who is Carrie Cust? Well, I'm in, well, what I do is I'm an intimacy coach, but I am a woman who really values courage, liberation, belonging. And I think that what I come to believe for myself and for others is that we're all looking for this safe place to be authentic and to belong and to really feel like the joy and the juice, the juiciness of life and to really experience that fully. And so, you know, I pride myself on through my own journey of being someone that's really just loves the juiciness and the pleasure and the passion of life and doing that from an authentic place and loving and belonging myself and others from that place. And I wonder what is to be authentic when it comes to pleasure. What would that look like? 
Well, I think authenticity requires us to drop the the frames or the structures that we've grown up with from society, from our family, and just to be who we were born to be. Like, who are we, you know, who, what are our values? What's, what's important? What are aspects of ourselves? Just to really own that and be that. And so in terms of pleasure, it's showing up authentically and also becoming aware of and knowing that pleasure is really our birthright. It's it's a state of being that we can, you know, there's a full spectrum of pleasure. And so pleasure to me is an aliveness and a fullness in the body. And so we can find pleasure in everything that we do. Sexual pleasure is, is a piece of it. And it's the, you know, it can be a really beautiful piece, but there's a lot more there as well. So when we're being authentic in pleasure, it's like, I think when we are being authentic with who we are and can ask for, get our needs met and ask for our desires, then we feel pleasure. And then that's when we feel true, authentic, like a deep, fulfilling type of pleasure, almost like an aliveness and that fullness again. And, and we're not just staying on the surface of, of who we are or what brings us pleasure. It's like this deep enriching, yeah, just this aliveness and fullness that we can feel deep within our body. So in a way, it's connected to purpose, what we call purpose or having meaning in life, isn't it? Yeah, I, I definitely think that if we are aligned and we are, you know, in alignment and flow, whatever you want to call it, us feeling pleasure lets us know that, yes, this I'm in alignment. So if we're not feeling pleasure or something feels really uncomfortable or not good, whatever that looks like for you or feels like to you, whatever word you want to use, it's like, oh, that's almost letting you know something's really off here. What what would bring me more pleasure? What would give me that deep sense of fulfillment? What would make me feel alive and juicy and I'd be having like fun and my life would be passionate? And so I think... Pleasure is the result of being in alignment and on purpose. So that, and that lets us know, it's like, oh, I'm really on track here because I just, I feel really good. It's like, feel like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm supposed to be. These are the people I should be around. You know, it's, it gives us that, it's almost like the reward of being in alignment or it's the indicator. Just like, oh, something's really in flow. Something's really right here because this is feeling really alive and full. I feel good in my body, feeling really pleasurable. I feel lots of pleasure from this. I love that definition, Carrie, because it expands the idea of pleasure being just physical, sexual, or with food, but to life itself, just being more receptive, open to life and doing the things that we believe in with courage. I love that redefinition of pleasure. That's beautiful. Beautiful definition. And um, yeah, it's something that has really, from my own journey, has really navigated me. It's like, ooh, this isn't feeling, you know, things can shift. It's like, well, this isn't really feeling pleasurable anymore. I'm not getting this joy, this aliveness, this fulfillment from this. It's like, okay, so obviously something needs to shift here. And starting to make choices for myself. You know, if we want to change our life, we need to change our choices. And it's like, okay, well, what's going to give me that feeling of pleasure? What's going to give me that aliveness and that fullness? And and letting that sort of guide me. I love the questions you ask because that's coming from that space of openness. Yeah, being open, receptive to life and to be inspired by life itself uh, or beyond, who knows. 
That's a beautiful idea. <laughs> so what is love to you? How do you describe the state of being in love? Oh, that is, um, love is a really hard thing to describe because it's one of those things I feel that when you feel it, you know, and it's something to, it's so difficult to put something so big and expansive into words because you almost need the tangible experience of it. And so when I think about my own journey of, you know, if I think about my brother who passed away eight years ago and I think about him and our connection, it's like, oh, I can feel the love. And it's just this, to me, it's a feeling of expansionness and there's such a bigness to it. And it's hard to articulate where it's just like, yeah, that's what we're all looking for. That's what we're all seeking in day-to-day life when we when we are seeking relationship or we're seeking another job or we're seeking the red sports car, or we want a good looking partner or whatever it is. It's like, I think it ultimately comes down to, it's like we're looking for this feeling, this, this knowing of love, this tangible experience of love. And so I think love is so powerful. It's difficult to put into words. It can be almost overwhelming at points, but it's like, it's also this knowing that that is your, that is your true essence. Yeah, it's, love is very, very powerful. It's nothing, it's, it's not a soft thing. It's a very powerful, bold, bold energy. And I think that, you know, love is all around us and we've all experienced that and we've definitely all experienced the lack of that. And so I think at any time we're struggling, we're experiencing the lack of love. And um, yeah, again, it's just like, it's this expansiveness in it. It's this big feeling of energy and it's, something we can feel between one another, but it's also something that's so high. And I mean, I think that would almost be my definition of really what, what God is. It's like this love of, of take, you know, of taking, being held and taken care of. And I hope a lot of people have had this experience of really being held or guided. And it's like, that's the love sort of, not sort of taking care of you and guiding you and that ultimate support. And it's always there. It's always there, even in our darkest moments. It's like, it's there. We might not be able to see it, but it's ever present. And we just have to become aware of it. It sounds very spiritual, everything you say about love. Uh, You actually included the word God, even. What is spirituality to you, Carrie? And what are your spiritual practices and belief systems? So to me, spirituality is, you know, living with an open heart, letting that, that, energy of expansionness and love and aliveness letting that lead you in living from that place and that can look you know we we have we all have ideas of what spirituality or spiritual person is and it's really the nature of someone's heart you know just because you know i've lived in spiritual communities and just because you have shirts that have the chakra symbols on them or you wear crystals doesn't necessarily mean anything right there's it's living from that place of really living from the heart and really bringing sort of that divine love into the manifestation into our daily life and that doesn't have to look a certain way of a quote unquote spiritual person. It's really the nature of someone's heart and how they live their life and how they choose, how they choose to live their life, being um, in alignment with who they are and being loving in that. And my, for personally, for my spiritual practices, so meditation I think is really key. Um, anytime you know, that's, that's a game changer. And I've definitely seen that in my clients who have just been like, Oh no, I've never meditated before. And I, 
that is really, even if you can take five minutes just by yourself, just to focus on your breath or just to relax, there's something really centering. It's coming back to that center, that that light, that loving place within yourself. And that really, this is how powerful it is, is just like even giving yourself that five minutes. It's like that can in itself just transform your day. Um, I also, right now I have a mantra practice. So um, I, I don't know a lot about astrology, but I'm I'm a frequent client of some astrologers. I know so I have a mantra practice just to bring some energies into, into balance. I do also have a big movement practice. So, and I love, like oftentimes, especially as women, we have a lot of energy in our lower chakras or we can just have like a lot of, stagnant energy in our bodies and I find especially for me and I find this with a lot of women that movement and that engaging with the energy and engaging with that potential just starts to enliven things and our, our mood elevates our energy elevates things begin to say oh okay I'm not just walking around really heavy and stagnant so you know even yesterday I was just feeling really heavy and I was like oh I was like okay I got to get up and dance and I put on and it doesn't have to be quote-unquote spiritual music it can be anything you know inviting in more lightness and fun is also a beautiful spiritual practice and so just putting on some of my favorite songs and just dancing away I'm like oh god that that energy just got lifted up within my body I'm like okay yes I feel you know creative again inspired again I have energy again it's like the heaviness dissipates so uh, I think movement is um is a really powerful powerful practice and that's funny how we don't usually think about that as being spiritual but yeah everything's connected right Carrie absolutely and sometimes with spiritual stuff we think it has to be so strict like you sit on this pillow for hours and you just focus on the tip of your nose or the breath coming out your nose and that's it in the you know and it's just like you can start to invite in another experience that connects us to something higher as well so movement um again that lightness and inviting and fun and connection it's just um it doesn't have to be so hard and strenuous you know there can be there can be a lightness and there can be a joy and there can be a fun um in your spiritual practice as well how is self-love connected to loving others well i think that if you i believe that if you can't love yourself and fully accept and love who you are it's a very difficult to do that for other people so if we have sort of expectations or sometimes I like to say my mentor would say like these frames of like what I should be this good girl and and I see other people sort of breaking out of that there, there could be a lot of judgments that arise and there could be a lot of oh no 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 and critiques and and so once I come and do my own inner work and I start to know myself and love and accept all the aspects of me there's a you know big range of who of really who we are the light the shadow the everything of really starting to love and accept what i need and what and starting to love and accept my desires and there's just this liberation this expansionness and we start to see that in others and when others start to step into their own expansiveness or making choices for themselves it's like it's like we love that we love seeing the authentic the authentic person emerge and so but we can't do that unless we have done that for ourselves because if we don't know how to do that for ourselves then we aren't really equipped or or how we love others is really limited and so if we can come to accept the whole wholeness of who we are you know the good bad the ugly the divine and starting to become aware and 
know and value what we need and starting to look at what we really desire in our life then once we see that in others and we're coming again from this authentic place this realness of who we really are and loving that it's like we want to like we celebrate that in ourselves and we want to celebrate it in others and so the love just gets so much it's like the bar which we were loving at raises even more and so um i think it's key to love yourself in order to to really love others so intimacy how do you describe what that is and what are some of the misconceptions about intimacy well i think well one of the definitions i love from intimacy about intimacy or how to define intimacy comes from one of my teachers is feeling what is there to be felt so being fully available and feeling an inter- interaction fully so if valerie if we're standing across from each other and you're sharing something with me if i can feel into that with you and have that empathy and that compassion for where you are and the privilege that that is that you show that to me we are having an intimate moment you know but if i'm just sort of like locked down oh i don't that's kind of bringing up my stuff and i kind of shut down and i'm not able to hold or receive what you're sharing it turns off that ability for us to have an intimate interaction in that moment and so i believe yeah feeling what is there to be felt and intimacy also calls for us to be vulnerable which is really um easier said than done <laughs> and much easier said than done but yet when we everything that i believe that we need and we desire in our life requires the courage to be vulnerable and when we can do that in the moment in an environment where it's safe and where someone's available and can hold and receive that we have a real opportunity for a deeper intimacy and connection so so if you open up and share something with me and i can hold that space for you i can be open to feeling really how maybe challenging it is or how vulnerable it is for you to share that with me that in turn deepens and this isn't just for romantic relationships but that in turn has the opportunity to really deepen and connect us on a higher much more intimate level and our relationship our friendship could shift and be really meaningful where we can now we've created a stage where or a, a space where we can we can be there for each other and that level of depth and intimacy is something i think people are really hungry for not o- not only in romantic relationships but in friendships as well with relationships with your family um uh, people that are really close to you we want that sort of we want that depth i think we're craving that intimacy and the connection of someone to really see us and accept us and love us for who we are and i think that's really what it all really it, that's what it boils down to for me yeah it makes so much sense and i wonder what gets in the way though for us to kind of block this desire to be vulnerable what gets in the way of that well i think that we you know i'm 36 and so if i think about things that i've been through in this lifetime or how i was raised there's a lot of you know trauma and fear and we all have trauma and and we all have fear cuz you know the thing that makes vulnerability so difficult and feel so risky is because it is a risk. Mm, and right, so there's that right. fear of like, oh, fear of rejection, fear of that not, 
you know, your feelings not being reciprocated. And so there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of trauma. It's like, oh, well, whenever I've done this, this has happened or this never happens for me. It's like we have these traumas in our body from past experiences um, and maybe even from lifetimes or generational type things. And so when we have these experiences, these traumas again and again and again, it just we have this this wall up around us mm, so it's like yeah. we, we might we might so so we feel safe yeah and yet we're longing for this connection and there's like a deep loneliness and a, just a longing to belong somewhere for someone to really see who you are yeah. and so I would say the the fear um trauma from past uh, relationships past experiences upbringing that really gets in the way and so that's why oftentimes when I work with people it's like we really have to do the inner work stuff because it's like there's we could all say it's like oh I would love to have this type of relationship and am I really available to that right can I really call that in because anytime Or can I, do I even recognize it when it comes because of my past experiences? So how can we go in and start to heal past, past traumas and overcoming limiting beliefs and fear so that we begin to break down that wall brick by brick and that we are more available to another experience. So we're more available to intimacy and connection. Mm. And so, and that, that's why when we start to look at intimacy or people wanting, you know, challenges in their relationship or wanting to have a relationship, it's like, we really need to do this inner piece of looking at, well, what is in the way? Because it's really unconsciously running the show Mm. and we need to give ourselves another experience so that we can be like, oh, I can have that. So we have little pathways in our brain that go, oh, that is possible. I don't always have to be rejected or abandoned or whatever. And we start to have another experience and we begin to, like our energy shifts and we begin to, again, be open and available to another experience. We begin to exude a different type of energy and attract different different types of people when we start to do our own inner work and shift that. So the question is, what is about me that's getting in the way? <laughs> right. It's, uh, yes, this yeah. is the thing. This, mm, is the, so this is the the challenge and the beautiful part about doing your inner work. It's like, yeah. oh God, it's all about me. But then it's like, okay, it's all about me. So therefore, I have power and sovereignty over this and I can change it. I'm not a right. victim to my circumstances. Mm. I now choose to have a different experience. I yeah. now choose to move through Uh, this work that I need to do in order to have another experience. I choose to go through my healing so that this is no longer, it's no longer continues to be an experience of mine. And so it can can be tough of like, Oh God, this is, (laughs) Oh, I did this or I attracted that. And this is, but then there's a beautiful part of that. You have total autonomy and sovereignty over that and you can shift it. What inspired you to become an intimacy coach? Well, I would, I would say that it chose me. I didn't choose it. So I, my own story is I had a very traditional life. I checked off all the boxes and I got the good job and I was being promoted. I got the man, I got the ring, I got married, I got the big house. It was like, check, 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 check. And I was really still very unhappy. And I was like, well, this is everything you should want. What's going on? And it wasn't for me. And so I made the decision to um, leave my husband and so that was very painful. And then sh- very shortly after my, my brother passed away 
And so it was just everything had been kind of ripped out from under me. And so it was very challenging. And I went through a year of really doing, processing my own grief and um, doing my own work. And then I chose to, uh, just over a year after everything happened, I left to, I was going to go off and work overseas and I was going to travel throughout Asia before I did that. And I ended up in a, what I thought was a yoga school. It was a yoga school and it was actually a tantric community. And I was like, Oh, what is this? So I was like, oh my God. And, um, and then I was like, you know what? I don't know where my life is going. And I was like, this is where I'm here right now. So when in Rome, let's do this. And this is what really transformed my whole life of learning about tantric spirituality tantric sexuality, the power of pleasure, learning about masculine and feminine dynamics, knowing that I embody as a feminine being, someone that feels at home in her feminine essence, I embody this resonance of the, the, the goddess and starting to embrace that within myself and overcoming body shame issues and beginning to look at, oh, I can have all this pleasure? Huh, that was never even a thought of mine before. And it completely shifted everything. And so I spent three and a half years over there learning everything that I could. And then I was like, other people need to know this. I was like, women, I was like, oh, in, ter- like, in terms of relationships and life, I was like, this is, could enhance and shift so many people. And so I started my own, started my own business. And um, yeah, it was definitely more of a call. Okay, do yeah. this now, uh, right. rather than, oh, I think I'm going to do this. It was just like, oh, <laughs> I've had this huge yeah. experience. And it's like, okay, <laughs> so now go and do it because you need to go and do it. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. And so I did. <laughs> yeah. What an inspiring um, way of living life. I love the way you say that. I chose me. And that's a really powerful thing. I'd like beginning. So many of us want to be chosen. And I get that. And it's like, and at first I have to choose myself. What, what, does, what does Carrie want? What does Carrie need? What does Carrie desire? What's in line with Carrie's values and what brings her pleasure? And starting to make a, a choice from that place. And so, yeah, choosing yourself is a really, really big aspect of that, for sure. So talk to me for a moment about tantric sexuality and tantric spirituality. Yeah, so tantric, um, in its true essence, is a spiritual path. So when we're talking about how there's pleasure in in everything, not just in, you know, um, sexual relationships or in, you know, physical intimacy. But when we start to think, expand, like Tantra really spins things on its head because a lot of us grew up, even if you don't consider yourself religious, there's religious influences in how we are raised and in life and society. And so it's like, okay, we should push away sex and we should, uh, like money is the root of all evil and we have to be sort of very stern and straight and, and Tantra really flips this on its head. It's like, no, life is meant to be lived fully Mm, to really live the juiciness of life. And through that, we can find the truth of everything, the ultimate energy, Mm. God, if you will, not everyone Mm. likes that word, but that, that core energy of life. And so that's the beautiful part about Tantra. And so because Tantra doesn't push away the world, it also embraces sexuality. But sexuality in Tantra is a very small piece of Tantra. It's just in the West, we're a little bit more sex crazed. Or, so we kind of take this, we took that piece of it and kind of ran. Yeah. But yeah. it tells us that through the act of sex with, uh, with a partner, 
we can use our sexual energy, activate our sexual energy, bring it up through the body. So if anyone's familiar with the chakra systems, bring it up through the body, through visualization, then we can start to see each other as divine and reach these heightened states of consciousness. Because ultimately in Tantra, it's like we want this really, we want to get to this really high level of consciousness. And so Tantra just says, well, we can use sex for that purpose. And we can use pleasure for that purpose. So you can take your pleasure and bring it up through your body and experience altered states of consciousness. And you're experiencing something really sacred and divine. And so sex isn't just like sort of this act where it's just for this 30 seconds of pleasure and you lose your sexual energy. It's not just for procreation. There's a real opportunity for a union with, with your partner and, and a union with the divine together. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it makes it much more of a divine quote unquote spiritual um, experience. It's just, it's using your sexual energy and using that act to get to those higher levels of consciousness. And speaking of attractive, I think I started uh, off record. We were talking briefly about sex and how I have never been really interested in in sex, physical sex. And I was wondering if that has anything to do with a choice, like because I don't, I don't think. I remember making that choice of not exploring the body in that way, but it has never been a um, an interest of mine. Does it happen? Is that normal? <laughs> Natural? Yeah, yeah. Yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are there, so that's you no. Know, I even when I was married, it's like we have sex frequently, but I. To be honest, it was just like, okay, well, if we have a good relationship, but then we're having sex regularly. So I would do it as an act. And I can't say that I felt a lot of pleasure or even put my own pleasure on the menu. It was just like, well, I'm in a relationship, so this is what we do. So there's first what shifted things for me from being from being at that point in my life was starting to become number one of pleasure. It's like, oh, wow pleasure is our birthright. We can live from this place. Yes, in sex, but also in life in general. And starting, and this is, and women tend to have this challenge a little bit more than men. Um, That's sort of a broad, broad statement. But um, so part of like, for um, women who are on the tantra journey, or the more the sexual aspect of it, is starting to be able to perceive pleasure, and that can, that can go outside the bedroom, but also inside the bedroom. So starting to um, connecting, like starting to pay attention during lovemaking of like what, what feels pleasurable or starting to like sometimes like as women, we can feel a lot of pressure and we're just like, is that pain or is that pleasure? I don't really know. And it's starting to, there's, there's a little bit of a journey or a process of starting to invite in and perceive pleasure and so oftentimes because our pleasure and pain centers in the brain are very close together when we feel pressure we have to sort of map in our brain of like oh I'm feeling pleasure and so once we so there could be a there could be a wide range of of ideas as to why this is like maybe we don't feel pleasure and it's just an act so why would I want to do it so wanting to perceive pleasure there could be something you know, historically from growing up or whatever, where we kind of shut that part down, or maybe we grew up and we, we just grew up and it was like, no, that's bad. You don't do that. So we associate that. And so starting to give ourselves another experience of 
okay, if I did feel pleasure, like what does bring me pleasure? And we could start outside the bedroom first and then come inside the bedroom. And with, you know, with yourself or if you you know, feel really safe with a partner, starting to explore that. It's like, okay, what really makes, what does my body really respond to? And, and starting, and it, you know, for me, it was, I mean, I think I had my first orgasm when I was in my late twenties, maybe. And that was, and so it was just starting to, there was a bit of a journey there of starting to perceive like, oh, that feels good. And starting to like literally rewire things in my brain of like, okay, I can feel this. This is okay. And feel and leaning more into that. And and ultimately giving myself permission that I could like sex isn't just for the other person. Like I can be in a ball, I can be involved and I can receive here as well. And so there's a lot of layers to that, but um, I hope that helps. Yeah, it does. When I listening to you, what comes to me is um, it goes back to vulnerability and also relaxation. Yeah, by relaxing enough and be open, it goes back to openness to me every time for some reason, being receptive to life. And then we tend to relax and then vulnerability comes, it's easier for that to also to arise. And then Everything else is just a gift. <laughs> we can call it orgasm or anything else, right? Uh, living the purpose, um, having more joyful moments. Yeah, everything else is a gift. And I think, and a big key too is like it's a really core need of women to feel safe. So if we're going to open up into that place, it is a very vulnerable place. It is a very vulnerable place to share what you do and don't like and to experience that pleasure. It's like, first, can we create a safe place for ourselves where this is allowed and where I can sort of relax more into my body? Because when we're really tense, it's really hard to receive and feel when we sort of like, no. You know, it's like, I don't know about this and starting to, um, and it starts all, especially with women, it really starts outside the bedroom as well. So, um, that's a totally normal, normal thing. And it, and it is a process and it is, it is a journey. Oh, wow. Carrie, it is a journey. Yeah. The more I think about it here, I'm like, oh my God, it is a journey, <laughs> especially for women. You're right. It might be the, and the belief systems, the limiting belief systems we have adopted, right? As children. Absolutely. And a lot of us women have good. A lot of us women have good girl syndrome. So good good girls don't do that. Good girls do this. Good girl it's like, can we can we let go of the good girl? Because in order to be we don't need to be a good girl in order to be a good person. But you know, when we have these put on us of I being well, good girls don't do that. Good girls do this. The problem with good girls is that good girls don't have any needs. And good girls, if they don't get their needs met, then they then they definitely don't get the desires met. And so starting to like, can we invite in, like, can you give yourself permission to get your needs met and to have your desires? And so it really, can, can you give yourself permission? Can you begin to lean into inviting in more and letting go of that good girl? You say create polarity in your relationships, reigniting the spark. So what is to create uh, polarity? So polarity is the best example that I can give is if we think of two magnets. So, so we have two totally different magnets, a North Pole and a South Pole, and their attraction is intense. It's just like whew, they can come together. So many of us have experienced this at the beginning of relationships where it's very easy to be, you know, you're attracted to this person. You want to rip each other's clothes off. And so it's because there's someone is taking on the more masculine. And I'm not talking about men here. I'm talking about energy, masculine 
energy and the other, the feminine energy. Your gender really doesn't matter. I'm again, talking about energy. And so there's this attraction, this pull where it's like, it's like, yeah, I can, it's easy for me to feel desire. It's easy for me to, to want you and to throw you down and all that, all this kind of stuff. And so over time in relationship, when we begin to spend more time together, and let's say we have a really great relationship, there can be sort of this, things can kind of get a little bit neutral where it's just like, you know, I love him. I love her, but there's just not that oomph anymore. And I want the oomph back. I want to, I want to, I want to desire her. I want to desire him. You know, I want to be desired. And so if we are aware of this, of just how in order to have polarity, it's like someone needs to be taking on that more that masculine energy pole and the other that feminine. And when we spend a lot of time, we can both just kind of get neutral. So the attraction is not as intense. And so if we can have some separation for desire to build, if one person can go off and do what really makes them feel alive and full in their body as a, someone who has a natural feminine essence, feels more at home in their feminine energy, movement, being in their body, beauty, creativity, all that stuff. And then the other person is doing what makes them feel alive and full and maybe competent in their body that more in their masculine energy of feeling really yeah again competent efficient powerful and then when we have that separation it's like we go away it's like we're recharging the ends of the poles and then we can come back and it's like oh you feel that desire again it's like oh i missed you it's like oh you see him after maybe he came he looks all rugged or he's working outside in the yard or something and she's gone off and got her hair down her nails and she's really feeling feminine really valuing her own beauty and it's like then we can feel that like come back again it's like okay so that's how so that's it's normal in relationships for that spark to sort of things to get a little bit neutral and if we have the tools or we have this awareness it's like wow we can recreate that spark and so it's like bringing that back into to our relationship it's like it's important that as in, in relationship but that we don't lose our aspect of being lovers with our partner and it's a very important um aspect of relationship and of you know maintaining the longevity of keeping that desire up and so if we know this then we can go okay i need to go we need to have some time apart to recharge things up a bit and so it's like again it's like what brings that let's say in a heterosexual relationship, what brings that woman alive and full in her body? What makes that man feel alive and full in his body? And it's going to be different because there's different characteristics. But then when we come back together, it's like, oh, wow, we can recreate the spark. You know, if we've had it before, we can recreate it. Just because it's gone doesn't mean it's gone forever. So having those tools to bring that aspect back to your relationship is really important. Yeah, I never thought it that way. So in a way, when you say neutral, it, what comes to me is that almost oneness, the sense of becoming one, of merging. And then now the energies of feminine and masculine, they are kind of flowing in and out with this uh, in a balanced way. But then what you're saying is creating polarities, almost like separating. Yeah, but and then when we come together, so when I'm talking about neutral, it, things just feel sort of like meh. It's like, yeah, okay. But once we come like once we are charged up and we come back together, and if we're talking about sexual union coming together in a sexual way, then with, with those powerful energies charged up, so both of us charge up, we could come and we could, that's when we can go to the heightened, heightened state of oneness. And so a different type of neutral, I'm talking about a neutral, like kind of like where things are a little mess. So it's like, 
the, com- the, the coming together doesn't feel so powerful. But once we have that separation in relation, we're talking about specifically about relationship here, then come back, then we can like, there's all this energy charged up and then we can come to this sort of oneness place, but from a very high place, not from a meh kind of neutral place. If that's, it's not very technical, but I hope that makes sense. The energetic level. So it's different. Wow. And that also reminds me of the um, life itself, the having this human experience. This is a separated, um, let's say, a polarity here, duality. And we are very, I mean, who isn't very attracted to separation? We all are. That's why we're living here. We, that's why we are in different bodies and adopting, owning um, different um, means, right? Yeah. And in terms of the separation part, it's like it's taking some time away so that we can almost make each other different in a way. So Um, if we think about in the beginning of a relationship or, you know, good girls, like bad boys, it's like, they're totally different. So there's that, that polarity, that charge. And so if I go off and I really go into my feminine, because that's where I feel more at home in, and I'm, you know, feeling um, really beautiful and I'm feeling in my body and I've been moving and he's gone off and maybe played golf or fixed on the card and whatever. Those differences are really attractive. So in terms of sometimes we just need the separation in order to create those differences. And it just that there's a little bit of separation needed for the desire to build. Before I ask you my final questions, um, talk to me about the services you offer online, one-on-one, and also the offers you have for the listeners today. I know you sent me some links. Yes, I do. So I have, so I work uh, mostly right now. I work with um, people in, I'm in Canada in person and on Zoom. So I work with couples and individuals of how they can, everything that we were talking today of just like coming back into alignment, living with more fullness and passion individually and as a couple, you know, um, as individuals in a couple and for your relationship, reigniting that spark and coming back to a greater depth of intimacy. And so I, I do that with individuals and couples um, over Zoom uh, and in person. And I also have some free offers for your listeners. So I have um, a daily uh, Ignite Your Inner Radiance. So a practice, um, a, mo- a guided visualization and movement practice. So to ignite that sort of that inner goddess radiant self. And then I also have a um, relationship killers ebook. So there's a lot of things in relationship that we have no idea that are actually killing our relationship. And so I, I list out those and what to do instead and what and what those look like. And then I also have a communication template. So even I find even when couples have, say that, oh, we have really good communication, there's always a deeper level that we can go to. And so I created a communication um, template for couples to use so they can ask each other questions and to help deepen their own intimacy and connection and learn more about um, their partner. So my final questions to you, let me see. Yeah, let me ask you this one. How do they find success these days? What is to be successful to you? Oh, to me is to feel totally and aligned and fulfilled. So to bring... It doesn't have anything to do with money necessarily or, you know, certain achievements or getting there. It's like, do I feel like I'm really a part of something greater and do I feel like I'm contributing? And do I feel like and does that give me energy? Does that make me feel fulfilled? It's like if you have that, if you're feeling alive and full in your body from what you're doing, to me, that is the ultimate success. Thank you for saying that. Um yeah, what can I say? <laughs> Another thousand yes to that. For how long? Forever. 
What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Oh, God, love is everywhere. Even in the, your darkest moments, there's always, it's always there. Um, I believe that asking the universe or God, if you will, not everyone likes that word, it, asking um, the universe or God for help is the greatest thing that you could ever do. And I think that we should always seek that fulfillment, that, you know, that the fullness of really what pleasure really is in our life, that juiciness. And I think that a life really well lived um, having the courage to be vulnerable to live that life is the greatest, is the, the greatest reward. So my last question is, what is another word for carry? <laughs> oh, I would say wild. I have this wild, I have this wild woman inside of me that I kind of put away for many years. And now it's just, no, she's going to come out and she's going to be, this is part of who I am. And I believe every woman has this wild woman inside her that is just, you know, really connected to her body, connected to the earth, mm. but also enjoys and leans into the fullness of everything that life has to give. And so, yeah, I would say there's a definite wild side to me that I'm now very, very proud of, very, very proud to celebrate and show her off. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects, Gary? Yes. So I have my website, which is just, is my name. So it's carriecust.com, K-E-R-R-I-C-U-S-T.com. Uh, and there's a way to contact me, get a hold of me through there. And yeah, my, it would be my website. Yeah. I'll have that on your podcast profile too. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you, Valerie. Yeah, bye for now, Carrie. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Carrie Cust and her work, please visit CarrieCust.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.